And what a, I uh, was sitting there listening to the words of all the songs this morning, and I thought, what a gift it is to uh, all of us, <laughs> really. But today we're focusing a lot on the next generation and kids who are growing up and moving to different phases of life and different challenges. And I thought, what a gift this good news is that is stewarded by the church in our world. Amen? Kids, disciples of Jesus, don't ever forget, you call upon the beautiful, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen? And it is Jesus who keeps our eyes above the waves and helps us face whatever it is that life may pull us into that feels like it's too deep for us. And don't ever forget, the goodness of God is running after you. Amen? That's good news. And every Sunday, we get to celebrate that news together. And I'm so grateful for the team for leading us in that celebration of good news this morning on a day that we're recognizing uh, these children among us that God has blessed us with. And it is a beautiful privilege to be a church full of kids, you know? All these youngsters, and these are just the ones you saw on the screen, the ones you saw in the room today. We're going to do it all over again at the next gathering, and there'll be more of them in that one. And of course, that's not all of the children and students that we have. These are just the ones who are moving from one face to another. And so multiply the faces and names and parents and families that you're seeing today. And remember, God has blessed this church with such a treasure in the next generation. And it is a beautiful gift for us to steward, to invest in, to make a difference in. And as Leslie already said, it's one of the best things we do with the resources we pull together as a church is to make this investment in kids so they will know all their lives the love of God. And so uh, we set this day aside in the spring because spring is a time of change. There are all kinds of changes happening. There are weddings you're going to. There are uh, kids who are graduating. There are kids moving from one phase to another. We have college kids who've come home for the summer, and it's great to see you. All kinds of stuff happening. We want to acknowledge some of those changes in our church family and to celebrate them. But today we thought we'd also take it one step further and do something we haven't done, I don't guess, maybe ever on phase day. But because all of us are deeply invested in this, we thought it would be a good idea while we're together for this occasion if Leslie and I just sat out and had a brief conversation in a little more detail about what all of this means. And so I've asked her, uh, some, I, I let her prepare ahead of time, we put some questions together and said, why don't we just sit down and have this conversation? And so she's come prepared to share a few things with us. This is our family pastor. And so this is her forte and she's incredibly passionate about it. And so I'm just gonna let you listen into a bit of a conversation. And I hope if there's any ambiguity in your minds about why this idea of phase is so important to us, We'll let, we'll, all of that will dissipate before you leave here uh, in the next few minutes, okay? So just for a few minutes today, this is what we're going to do with our, our teaching time. Uh, Leslie, let's just start with that word, phase. So we use it all the time, like we all know exactly what it means. I think we all have a good general understanding of it, but could you be a little bit more specific about what, what that word means and why we use it? Yeah, so um, the official orange definition of a phase is that it's a, like a time frame in a kid's life where we have the opportunity to le leverage distinctive opportunities to influence their future. And uh, I think anybody who's been a parent or a grandparent knows that every kid has just dozens of little phases along the way, um, and they all come with their own unique challenges and joys, as we know. Um, but we believe, and I, I think developmental psychology would confirm, that those little phases fall into four bigger phase buckets. Uh, we refer to those as preschool, elementary, middle school, and high school. 
And when we think about those four phases, we think a lot less about like starting school or moving from one building to another. And we think more about uh, the physical, mental, social, spiritual, emotional yeah. kind of changes that are happening um, at each of those phases. So, for instance, some of our newly minted middle schoolers, some of them are starting a middle school building in the fall. Others will uh, go to a junior high uh, the next year, but all of them are probably going through some really similar like changes in how they think and act and relate to others right yeah. now. So we want to we lean into that and help the adults who love them know how to guide them through this phase transition. We have the whole church family here. Mm-hmm. So we just gave parents a phase day guide for their next phase. And you know we have lots of resources we'll talk about in a moment that help. Yeah. But while we're all assembled, could you just tell us a few things you wish everybody at Meadow Heights knew about each of these four main phases? Okay. Uh, first of all, I just want to start by saying uh, these four main phases and the way we think about faith, um, we build everything we do in family ministry around these ideas. Yeah. Um, so they inform all of the programming for kids and students. Um, and the, the real reason for that is we want to leverage these distinct opportunities yeah. to help them know God in an age-appropriate way and lean into his love for them. So in the preschool phase, um, we, have, we have these big goals for each phase uh, that help us just remember like, to keep the main thing the main thing. In the preschool phase, uh, the main goal is to embrace their physical needs. That's just where you are in that phase. But when we embrace those physical needs, it helps them know God's love, and it helps them meet yeah. God's family here yeah. at the church. So our Go Kids volunteers in the preschool phase, the Wings, Tracks, Burnout volunteers, they are not child care. <laughs> Please don't ever say that to them. Yeah. <laughs> what they're doing <laughs> is embracing your child's physical needs. Yeah. And they're learning their names, and they're learning which toy is their favorite. Um, because when they do that, and they love walking in, and they are known by a volunteer and seen and cared for, yes. they know that God loves them, and Amen. God provides for their needs. And his family is a safe place for them to come, to be cared yeah. for, and to get those needs met, you know? Yes. Um, essential. So we, we lean into that, you know, lots of crazy activities and, and mess and snacks because that's an important part of physical needs. Uh, <laughs> Amen. And it's, yes. it's bigger than just yeah. taking Apparently care of them. that sticks with us a while. It really does. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> um, then when we move to the elementary phase, so the, we move a little bit away from the physical needs and we start to engage their interests at this phase. Uh, because when we help them engage their interests in Go Kids, we help them learn that they can trust God's character that he meets them in the yeah. reality of who they are and where they are. Yes. And that helps them begin to experience for themselves the family of God. Um, so at this phase, our Go Kids program really dials up the activities. Uh, and if you've ever dropped a kid off at launch or surge, you know that there's like, it looks like chaos. There's lots of different things happening. There's kids playing foosball and some at the table with art supplies and some on the floor with Legos. Because when we help different kids with different interests engage in ways that they love and they're good at Mm -hmm. that helps our volunteers get to know them it helps them know again that god god is part of their everyday lives all the moments the fun the play the meals all of it um and so you know offering something as simple as different kinds of activities when they come in and different ways of doing activities that reinforce the bible story for that week helps them engage in ways that matter to them that they care about and enjoy and and that helps them trust God's character and know that he's for them in this faith. Absolutely. That's so important. Uh, so then when we move to middle school, uh, that, that, the goal for this phase becomes about affirming their personal journey. Um, because when, when we do this at this phase, 
uh, they begin to own their own faith. Yes. And uh, maybe more importantly at this phase, they begin to value a faith community for yeah. themselves. Yeah. So uh, things start getting really real in middle school, as you know if you've parented one. Um, their bodies are changing, their lives and schools are changing, their friend groups are changing, they're getting more independence and choice as they get to choose classes and extracurricular activities. Um, and so all of that experimentation they did when we're engaging their interests in elementary school shifts toward them like really putting that into practice. They want to find where they belong, what they're good at. Yeah. Middle schoolers are super motivated by acceptance, so finding a place where they belong is what they're looking for in this phase. Yeah. Uh, so that's the stage, the sixth grade age, where we start doing small groups in student ministry because we want to connect them to other kids at the same phase and to some consistent leaders who can help affirm their journey and uh, help them navigate all the changes that are ahead. Oh, yeah, so many changes. Uh, and then the last phase is high school phase. Uh, I have served in this phase for a long time, and so it's one of my favorites. Our goal in this phase is to mobilize their potential. Yes. And what I love about this is when you mobilize the potential of a high schooler, you see them make their faith personal and authentic mm -hmm. and pursue it on their own. You help them find a personal mission and join God in what he's doing in the world. Yes. Um, and the four seniors you saw up there, by the way, are really great embodiments of mobilizing potential. I have watched every one of them serve in and out of this church um, for since they were middle schoolers, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are building into the next generation in the ways that they serve. It's just been amazing to see. But we do this because high schoolers are asking really big questions at yes, that age. They are. They're trying to figure out who they are, where they're going, what's next. Um, and how they're going to make their, their mark in the world. Yeah. Um, so in student ministry, we continue to provide them with a small group environment where they can wrestle with those big questions with others. Um, but we also want to start providing more training and equipping tools for them. Things like, you know, the Enneagram and Unique Primer. And this year we even started a Get Real yeah. group uh, for our so upperclassmen. So some, you know, many of you adult heightsers have experienced the life transformation of, of a Get Real group. And we want you know, our students who are at that yeah. phase to have those skills as they head out into the world. So we've been uh, building into that. Um, but we want to offer them opportunities where they can learn how God wired them, yeah, yeah. how he created them to join him in his big dream, and, like, give them the push to try that stuff out yes. see where they fit in all of this. It's so good. Now, what she's primarily focusing on is the approach that we take as a church family during each of these phases. And what you can see for sure is how intentional we are about this. We're not just doing things haphazardly in our children's ministries or our student ministries. It's incredibly strategic and focused. And this is the kind of energy and, and the ideas that our team, our volunteers and our staff in the family ministry bring to these ages every single day. What I wonder, considering we also have parents in the room and grandparents and neighbors and teachers and so forth, can you tell us a little bit more about the implications of what you just shared, these four main phases, yeah. for the rest for families? Yeah. How does that play out? Absolutely. Uh, so I think we already acknowledge these phase transitions. They come with a lot of changes, and that can be overwhelming and sometimes scary yeah. at, for kids and for parents, I think. Um, but if we only focus on the changes, we miss out on the opportunity and the excitement and the celebration. Yeah. And we want to be the kind of church that celebrates these moments and these milestones. We create rites of passage, and we resource the adults that love them to be able to uh, do these things. Because our goals yeah. are the same as your primary goals. That's how they're thinking. So those four things I talked about, embracing their physical needs, engaging uh, their interests, um, affirming their personal journey, and mobilizing their potential, 
if, if you want to help your child know God and experience his love, yeah. those are like the big ideas to, mm -hmm. to focus on in each phase. Um, and, and the really beautiful thing um, is that you guys get to do this every day in a yes. way that we don't, yes. right? <laughs> uh, so we, we have this, get these gifts for kids that help them kind of navigate this. We also have uh, that resource for parents uh, that helps. It goes into way more depth than I have this morning about um, the, the things that are going on in that phase, the questions that they're asking, and the practical things to focus on for you as a parent or grandparent uh, who's helping them navigate what faith looks like for them in an age-appropriate way. Yeah. You used a phrase earlier that we hear a lot around here. It's really key to how we approach children's student ministry. We believe that parents are the primary disciplers of their kids. We're a great support system, but you just mentioned parents have them far more hours than we ever will, right? Yeah. And so if we're going to join up together on this, we got to remember where's the heft really at? It's in the home, okay? So as you, as you think about that idea of us being primary disciplers, can you just double click one more time on this and get even more practical for us about what's that look like for a parent to be the primary discipler of a yes. kid, knowing that these are the phases they're going through? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, I just, quick plug for Brian's message last week on Mother's yeah, Day. Yeah. It was so much great vision to this. Yeah. He talked about uh, a lot about what it looks like when we live out our faith right. for the next generation. Because, like, Sundays and Wednesdays, mm -hmm. th those aren't enough. They need to see how for real sure. life meets real faith. Yeah. And they do that in you guys. Because yes. when everything's changing in these phases, the one thing that's consistent yeah. are their families. Yes. So grandparents, aunts and uncles, friends, moms and dads especially. Yeah. You have an opportunity to be the anchor yeah. when everything feels like it's changing. You get to be a place... Um, that, that loves them, that's mm -hmm. present, that helps them navigate uh, these, these questions and these challenges. And that's a beautiful gift to the yeah. kids that you love. It's also a really important calling on all of our lives. Um, so for me as a parent and as family pastor, one of the things I try to do is just keep focused on those big ideas. When I think, oh, I'm the primary discipler, like, what are all these things I need to do? I can come up with a list a mile long and then none right. of them actually get done, right? Because right? then yeah. real life happens and we can't find shoes and we're late to school and all of that. Uh, so if I stay focused on the big idea, those, those big goals of embracing their physical needs, engaging their interests, etc., cetera, uh, that helps me remember what's most important in, in moments that are mm -hmm. chaotic. Yeah. Uh, so for instance, say you have a kid who's in the elementary phase. I have two of those right now. Um, the goal is to engage their interests. And for my oldest in particular, he is a huge reader, always has been. Uh, so there are a lot of parenting opportunities I miss throughout the day. But one thing that we're super consistent about is we read every night together. We read a book that they pick out. Yeah. We read uh, the Bible together, and we do this every single night. Right. And what I love about it is it gives us an opportunity to help them, them really, both of them, but especially my oldest, discover the kinds of stories he connects to. Yeah. We ask good questions about why uh, he really connected to that story or that character or that idea. We look for God's character yeah. and God's story within these stories that we're reading about, and we look for the ways that we see God's presence yeah, and love beautiful. in our everyday life, and that's that perfect. is a part of our day that is like my favorite part of the day. Yeah, yeah. And that continues so. on through all the phases, you know, so like I think high school in particular uh, I would say if you keep the focus on mobilizing their potential, yeah. man, that's a huge opportunity to yeah. shift from, like, power struggles and right. trying to just, like, 
be the police officer that makes sure they're like Ooh. following the rules yeah. to actually helping them navigate, like learning how to discern who they <sighs> want to be yes. and how they make choices to become the kind of person and live the life of faith that they really want most. Yeah. And because that's that's the challenge, that's the opportunity. They're gonna they're not yeah. gonna have you there <laughs> yeah. very soon. So we want to help them learn how to do that for themselves. That's huge. You see, put that slide back up for me just for a second. When you just see that phrase that applies to whatever phase your kid is in right now, there, as she said, parenting is overwhelming. For you who are grandparents, I'm in the grandparenting phase, and I've got kids in all these different great grandkids in all these different phases. Just to remember that one phrase when I'm with that child and say, there may be a million other things I might get wrong or forget or can't get to on my list, but if I could just focus on that in some way, that feels doable, right? That feels doable. And don't underestimate the importance of knowing that when you're reading a childhood story at bedtime. When that's in your head and in the background of that story time, it changes how story time happens in your house or doing chores or cooking supper together or whatever that is. Uh, that's, that's just huge, uh, Leslie. Now, because there are all kinds of things we can learn about this and things to remember, we need resources. And we've yes. already talked about giving each of the parents resources today. We did it on Parent Child Day a few weeks ago. Uh, but tell us a little bit more about those resources and the, and the kinds of things that are available to help support those kids we care about in the phase they're in. Yeah. Uh, so if you are one of those uh, phase kid parents and you got one of those resources, I really want to encourage you uh, to look at it this week. But also, uh, one thing that's been helpful for me and others is to set a reminder. And every week I have like a 10 or 15 minute time where I just yeah. kind of read over some of these things. And I ask myself, where did I see this playing out in our life this yeah. week? Yeah. What is one really small thing I can do yeah. this next week to be a little bit more intentional about, in my phase, engaging yeah. their interests and I helping that. That, them connect that with their faith? Um, and I think for every parent, one of the very best resources I can recommend that is highly underutilized <laughs> is the ParentQ app. Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about and you don't have this, you need to download it today. Yes, it's free. Sure. It's amazing. Uh, you basically put in the name and birth date of your kids. You could do this as a grandparent, too. Uh, it tells you things like how many weeks you have left with them until graduation. Um, it gives you little tips on what's going on at that phase that they're in and what to expect. And sometimes they're so eerie that, like, Tracy used to tell me she thought they were, like, watching her house. Because <laughs> the tips that would pop up were so specific and relevant to what they were dealing with that week. Um, and then uh, what I really, really love about it is it gives some super practical things you can do every week yeah, to yeah. they're just small and intentional prayers you can pray questions you can ask in the regular rhythms of your day yes. and this is based on um, a, a passage from deuteronomy 6 that we quote a lot around here uh, it says love the lord your god with all your heart all your being and all your strength yeah. these words that i'm commanding you today must always be on your minds recite them to your children talk about them when you're sitting around your house and when you're out and about when you're lying down and when you're getting up yeah and so, like, that's what it leans into in this app. It, it looks at those times of day you already have. We want their faith to be everyday yeah. faith, you know? So we want to leverage things like morning time, drive time in the car together, yeah. uh, meal times, bedtime, the natural rhythms of your life to infuse real conversations mm -hmm. about real faith. And these give you very specific prayers and prompts and questions yes. to help you do that. So if there's one thing that you could do that would like revolutionize yeah. your intentionality, download that app. Just start looking at those prompts. Right. Incorporate a few of them every week. Yeah. See how it goes. Friends, don't underestimate the power of intentionality. Uh, 
A funny thing about faith is most of us would say this is the most important thing we want to hand off to our kids. But if you don't make it pressing, it probably won't be, right? You know what will be pressing? The sports schedule. Because, like, if you don't show up for that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, there's, there's ramifications. People are calling your phone. They're looking for you. If you haven't looked at the parent queue app this week, nobody's calling to check on you about that. If, if you forget school dress-up day, your kids are going to come home from school and be embarrassed because they were the only kid who didn't look like a pioneer today or whatever, you know? <laughs> and so you're going to, those things always come to the fore of your attention. You're going to have to own this intentionality around faith development of your child with a lot more uh, uh, reminder cues, as she said, than almost anything else in your kid's life. And if you're not careful, you'll get to the point where these people are, your kid's graduating and uh, I know one of your parents said to me this week, we're asking all the, or maybe it was Tracy, put it in your column, I think, in the email this week. We're asking all of the questions, and they're perfectly normal questions. They have a graduating senior. Did we do enough? Did we tell her enough that God loves her? Did we put her enough on the right path? Every parent asks those. You don't, you don't want to get to that point and realize, I wasn't intentional about the thing that mattered most. You know, we let all the urgent stuff uh, register and not this.